Today I want to talk to you about why Jacob is such a remarkable character in the Bible. But in order to do that, I need to give you a little bit of background about three children. So these three children were all what we call miracle babies, okay? So you remember, of course, that Abraham and Sarah had a problem. Do you remember what the problem was? They couldn't have children, right? And so, of course, we know that they prayed, and then what happened? God blessed them with a son, and that son's name was Isaac. That's miracle baby number one, okay? Don't miss this. I want you to think about Isaac. Who did Isaac marry? Do you remember? He married Rebecca. And you may not know this, but Isaac and Rebecca had the exact same problem. She couldn't have children. And you know what happened? They prayed and they had a son, or they had twins. One of them, his name was Jacob. Jacob, who did he marry? He married Leah and Rachel. Do you remember this? Now, not Leah, but Rachel had problems having children. And so they prayed, and Jacob had a son with Rachel whose name was Joseph. These three boys, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph... They are all miracle babies in the Bible. And what's very interesting is that these three boys, they share some common elements with Jesus. So let me explain. Just as Isaac was a miracle baby, Jacob was a miracle baby, and Joseph was a miracle baby, Jesus was a miracle baby. Isn't that true? I mean, he was born supernaturally, we could say, right? Not just that, but Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, they also have this in common. All of them were not the firstborn. Who was Isaac's older brother? Ishmael, right? Who was jo Jacob's older brother? Esau. Who was Joseph's older brother? He had a lot. Reuben is a good name. That's a good choice. And basically all of, all of the others except for, you know, Benjamin, right? Okay. And I don't know if you've ever considered this, but in the Bible, Jesus is called the second Adam. Did you know that? He's called the second Adam, okay? Something to think about. Did you know that Isaac was the beloved son. Did you know that? Like, yes, Ishmael was born, but Isaac was the beloved son. Did you know that between Jacob and Esau, Rebekah loved Jacob? And, you know, Jacob had many sons, but Joseph was his favorite, right? Do you know why I'm mentioning that? Because Jesus was also called the beloved son son. Isn't that right? Jesus was the beloved son. You know what's very interesting? Isaac was hated by his older brother. 
Guess what? So was Jacob. And that's probably Jacob's fault, but he was hated. And Joseph was hated by all his brothers. Did you know that Jesus was also hated by his own brethren? Did you know that? Now, did you know that all three of these miracle babies had a mission? Did you know that Isaac was given a very strange mission? He had to offer himself as a sacrifice. You know that, right? You know what Jacob's mission was? His parents said to him, go find a, a wife. Isn't that right? You know what Joseph's mission was? His father said, go check on your brothers. Did you know that that was the mission of Jesus? It was all three. It was to go and offer yourself as a sacrifice, go find a wife, you know, a bride, the church, right? And go check on your brethren. Go see how they're doing. But the story of Jacob is very, very, it's even more interesting. Let me explain. So, do you remember that Jacob went to Egypt? Do you remember the story? Do you know how he got to Egypt? Do you remember how? So, I want you to listen to this carefully. Joseph had a dream. Because of that dream, he ended up in Egypt and he brought Jacob there. Does that make sense? Did you know that Jesus went to Egypt too? Do you know why Jesus went to Egypt? Because a man named Joseph had a dream, and because of that dream, he brought his whole family to Egypt. Do you remember that? Um, how many sons did Jacob have? Okay, so, okay, so, so, so some of you are very good at, at your Bibles, but we, we, when we think, okay, how many tribes... How many, how many tribes were there as a result? There were 12 tribes, right? The 12 sons of Jacob. How many disciples did Jesus have? 12, okay. Open your Bible to Exodus 1, 5. Exodus chapter 1, look at verse 5. Exodus chapter 1 and verse 5. Here's what the Bible says. And all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were how many? Seventy. Okay, now don't miss this. Please don't miss this. Jacob has 12 sons, but when you count all of his children, how many were there? Seventy. Jesus had 12 disciples. But then afterward, he sent out how many? He sent out 70, isn't that right? Now, I could give you more examples like this, but the reason why I'm sharing these points with you is this. The story of Jacob teaches us something about the ministry of Jesus. 
And to begin our story today, I'm going to start in Genesis 25. I want to ask you to come with me to Genesis 25. And I want to ask you to start with me in verse 20. Genesis 25 and verse 20. And this is what the Bible says. Genesis 25 and verse 20. The Bible says, And when Isaac was 40 years old, no, I'm sorry, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel the Syrian, of Padan Aram, the sister to Laban the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was what? She was barren. Now, there's two points that I want to make here. The first point is that, don't miss this point. Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah. Now, the point is not that 40 is too late or it's too early. That's not the point that I'm trying to make. The point is that he got married when he was 40. And it tells us in verse 21 that when he married her, they found out shortly that she couldn't have children. So what did he do? He prayed. The Bible says that he prayed for his wife. And guess what? She, she had children. But now you have to read verse 26 because this makes it all different. Verse 26. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. How much is a score? Twenty. How much is threescore? Okay, so let's review. Let's review. How old was Isaac when he got married? He was 40 years old. And then when he got married, he figured out, hey, my wife can't have kids. So what did he do? He prayed for her. And then she finally gave birth. But how long did Isaac pray for his wife? How long? For 20 years. Now, I don't know how long you've ever waited for God for something. I know that in this room right now, some of you have family members who are not Christians. Some of you have a spouse who doesn't share the same faith as you. Some of you have children that don't share your faith. Some of you have parents that don't share your faith. How long are you willing to pray to God on their behalf? How long would you wait for God and not give up in praying to ask God for help? How long would you be willing to wait? You know how long Noah waited? Do you know how long Noah waited for the flood to come? Do you know how long he waited? 120 years. That Now, I know that some of you are going to say, well, back then they lived longer. But even if you count just how much part of his life it was, it would be like in our, our time scale, 
It would be like 12 to 15 years of our life that we dedicated to something. I want you to think about Lazarus. You know, Mary and Martha were good friends with Jesus. And they thought, you know, Jesus has stayed at our house. We've cooked for him. He stayed with us. And so when Lazarus got sick, they thought, Jesus, please come. Lazarus is dying. And what happened? He died. He didn't come right away. And Lazarus had been dead already four days. And Jesus did something that perhaps would have been more miraculous than if he just healed someone who was sick. Does that make sense? You know, one of the first lessons that we learn from the life of Jacob is this, that God's timing is not the same as human timing. You know, sometimes we think, oh, I prayed and God didn't answer. Maybe it's not God's will. Isaac prayed for 20 years that his wife would have a son. I want to share a short story about my own life. Um, when I was growing up, my mother and father went to two different churches. My mother was a Seventh-day Adventist. My father was a Presbyterian pastor. And these are two very different churches. One goes to church on Sunday. One goes to church on Saturday. In the Adventist church, we baptize by immersion. In the Presbyterian church, they sprinkle. Um, I could go on, but, you know, these are some very different faiths. And you know what? Growing up, there was a huge gap in our family because of this difference. Probably about 10 years ago, my father became a Seventh-day Adventist. But it took 35 years of praying before it happened. Some of you in here right now, you have a loved one. It's a child. It's a, it's a spouse. It's a, it's a parent. It's a brother or sister that's not in the faith. And you prayed, and maybe you stopped. The story of Jacob tells us, don't stop praying. Don't give up faith. God's timing is not our timing. Don't give up. Amen? Don't give up. Don't stop. Even if you don't see anything happen, don't stop. Come with me to Genesis 26 and look with me at verse 23. Well, let's start from verse 22. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. Now, remember, back in those days, they didn't have ultrasound. There was no way to know. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. Verse 24, and when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were what? Twins in her womb. Can I ask you a question? 
did God answer Isaac's prayer, yes or no? He did. He did it, right? He, they prayed for a child. God blessed. But God didn't just give them one child. He gave her what? Two. Now, you know, as a man, I will never know what it's like to give birth. I have witnessed it, and I understand it's very painful. Mothers, we salute you for what you have gone through. But may I say this? If I was a woman and I had to give birth and I was going to have two children, I would rather have them at once than have them two separate times. Does that make sense? You know, I bring this point out to you because when God gives us an answer to our prayers, almost without fail, He gives us more than we ask for. You go through the Bible, you'll see this. I want you to think about this. You remember Moses? You remember when Moses wanted to enter into the promised land? Do you remember that? There he was on Mount Nebo, and his eyes, the Bible says, they were undimmed. He could see all the land spread out. And Moses said, God, you know, I want to go. And God said, stop asking me. Don't ask me anymore. And when you listen to that story, you think, wow, God was so cruel. He worked for 40 years, and he couldn't even go into the land that he was trying to lead them to. When Moses died, what happened? What did God do? He resurrected him, and he brought him to where? He took him to heaven. I don't know about you, but if I had a choice to go into the promised land and die and remain in the grave, or if I had a chance to die, be resurrected, and go straight to heaven, I'd take the second one. How about you? God gives us more than we ask for. I think of the story of Solomon. I just preached about this at the other church. You know, Solomon one night was approached by God, and God said, Solomon, what do you want? Can you believe that? God comes to you and says, hey, ask me whatever you want. And so Solomon says, you know, God, I need wisdom to govern these people. I, I, I'm like a child. I don't even know what to do. Give me wisdom so that I can know. And God said, Solomon, because you asked for this thing and not the life of your enemies or for, you know, riches or anything else, because you asked for this, not only am I going to give you this, but I'm going to give you long life. I'm going to give you riches. I'm going to give it to you all. You know, folks, if you look at your life, I think that all of us can look back and see we asked God for something, and God gave us more than we asked for. And I hope that as you think about that, I hope as you think about God's goodness, it leads you to be thankful for what He's done in your life. The third point that I want to make today <coughs> is a simple but important point. I want you to look with me <coughs> at verse 21 again. Genesis 25, verse 21. You see, <coughs> the Bible says Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife. Do you see that? It doesn't say... It doesn't say that Rebecca prayed. You know, there's, pe there's women in the Bible like Sarah, 
like uh, Hannah, they, they struggled and they prayed. But that's not what this verse says. This verse says that Isaac prayed for his wife. And guess what? God answered Isaac's prayer for Rebekah. Does that make sense? Don't stop praying, but start praying for other people too. Does that make sense? You know, I think sometimes our prayers, if we could listen to them the way God listens, it's like, give me this, do this for me, thank you for this. You know, how many people are you praying for besides yourself? Okay, think about this. If God answered Isaac's prayer for his wife, could God answer a mother's prayer for her children, yes or no? Could God answer a boyfriend's prayer for his girlfriend, yes or no? Could God answer a child's prayer for his parents, yes or no? Yes. So don't stop praying, but start praying for other people too. Amen? I know that, so, if you, if you saw the email that I sent out last night, this is an eight-part series, <laughs> and it's all written, it's all done. I have it all written, it's all done, it's finished, and the truth is that I could say more, but I want to stop here because I want to leave you with this thought. God's timing is not our timing. You might pray for a day, for a week, for a month, a year, 10 years, and nothing may happen. Don't stop praying. When God finally answers, I am willing to venture that God will give you more or better than what you asked for. I don't know if you guys know this, but um, this is just a quick testimony um, when I first arrived here, some of you know that I had my personal favorite car. I had a Toyota Land Cruiser. Uh, it was my favorite car. And um, I had to sell it. My wife forced me to sell it, so I sold it. <laughs> and then when I sold it, um, I got, as a gift, believe it or not, from a family member, God gave me a Lexus. <laughs> and if, you're, if you know anything about off-road vehicles, my, my Land Cruiser was a J100. This is a J120. It's like even better. <laughs> the, the reason I'm saying this is, again and again in my life, I've seen that when God gives us something, He gives us the best. He gives us more than what we've even anticipated. Does that make sense? And I just want to encourage you, don't stop praying for other people. If God answered Isaac's prayer for Rebecca, he's going to answer your prayer for your child, for your spouse, for your parent, for your brother, for your sister. Just don't stop praying for other people. Does that make sense? Don't stop. Don't give up. Because it might take a year, two years, five years, ten years. Just don't give up. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Heavenly Father... Thank you for the story of Jacob. Thank you that in this story is a reminder that we need to trust and not get discouraged. Even if after 10 years nothing happens, 
Even after 20 years, nothing happens. Help us, help our faith to be strong. Help us not to give up hope. Lord, my prayer for every one of us here today is that we would see how you've blessed us with above and beyond. My prayer today is that we would not only see that, but that we would continue to lift up those in our lives who need prayer. Help us to this end, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.